Happy day, precious people. Thank you for listening to BA Chats. I'm Rachel Kuntz. And I am Kevin Kuntz. And I have a new slogan for you. Bring it on. Bring on that slogan. We want to hear it. BA Chats is where it's at. Shouldn't it yes. be Shouldn't it be BA Chats is where it's at? I mean, if we're going to rhyme. If we're, <laughs> we're going to be good rhymers. <laughs> then BA where Chats it's is where it's at. There are people out there saying it right now. I'm not the only one. <laughs> Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. We are have got... I am so excited about tonight. Well, I think we're always excited about every night. But it's super genuine. That it needs is, to be said. It we is so super genuine. We are genuinely excited for every BA Chats. But tonight... <laughs> but tonight, it's even better. But before we jump in, real quick, just so you know, BA Chats, what we're about, the whole idea why we're do this is we want to introduce you and give you the opportunity to meet some of the greatest people on planet Earth. People are wonderful, and somehow we forget when we're not looking. So this is an opportunity for us to look very much on purpose at just the cool things that folks are doing in Jesus and what Mm -hmm. Jesus is doing in them. So that's BA Chats. And these people tonight, you don't have to look very hard. It is easy to see Jesus. And these people, absolutely. So we have with us in studio today... The wonderful Stockmans. Oh, and we're talking Justin and Jen Justin Stockman. And Jen Stockman. How are you guys? We are so good. We're excited so to be good. here with you guys. Thanks for joining us. So happy to be here. Oh, we're so Yay. happy to have you. For those of you who have not had the honor yet, you guys tell us a little bit, kind of introduce yourselves, what you're doing at Bethel, blah, blah, blah. You go, Justin. Well, Take it, Jay. About four years ago, we we came on staff here at Bethel, and um, I've been overseeing Bethel Health, and in Bethel Health, we have counseling, coaching, and um, and sozo. So sozo is just a Greek term that means saved, delivered, and healed, and so in that, it's an inner healing technique that we use just to walk people into freedom. Nice. And it's great. Been on the receiving end of all three of those. Oh it's goodness. wonderful. It is super wonderful. So glad that you're here. Oh, we're glad to be here. So good. You sweet Jen. Yes, and I'm Jen, and I oversee our first year school of ministry. And we are a part-time school that meets every Monday and Tuesday night. And it is just a beautiful, wonderful glory ride in the presence of the Holy Spirit really. And just love it. Love it. We just kicked off a brand new year of beautiful students and have just really hit the ground running already. So love it. Bethel Atlanta School of Supernatural Ministry. Yes. Now, Jen, we, Kevin and I are actually part of Jen's staff. So we're first year revival pastors and have the honor of working with Jen. And Jen, honestly, let's see, I've just been with you the last two years. Yes. This would be the beginning of the third. And I'm keeping you forever. (laughs) Forever yes in my back amen. pocket. <laughs> in my back pocket. I say yes to this. But it has been life changing. It's been a wonderful experience. So yeah. thank you and yeah. everybody, Jen. <laughs> well, let's start a little bit with Justin. Can yeah. you fill out your position some more? I want to hear about and your the transformation center, correct? Yeah, tra- um, so it's Bethel Health, and within Bethel, Bethel Health, Health gotcha. what we offer is um, counseling, coaching, and sozo, and we are also starting um, health groups. So health groups, we have some purity health groups, we have a sozo aftercare health group, and we have a bunch more in the works where just groups of people get to gather and just grow from glory to glory in health, and um, yeah, we love to watch people just grow into more of who God has created them to be. Can you talk to us for a second about sozo? Because again, lots of folks are listening that are not in the Bethel culture. Yeah. So I know we talk about it, and it's an everyday fabulous thing that has benefited all of us, but Sozo, tell us just a little bit about it. Yeah, so Sozo, um, I'll actually just share a testimony about Sozo. Go for it. Um, That's the best. In 2005, I received my first Sozo. In 2005? Yeah, so this is a while ago um, in Redding, California, and um, Teresa Liebscher was overseeing the Sozo. And um, in it, I just got to um, some simple things. Just um, She was really hearing from the Lord and was kind of directing the sozo and where it goes. And so I would just, it was kind of one of my first moments of really, really hearing from the Lord. I got to forgive some people um, that I didn't even know um, anything was going on there. And the Lord really got to highlight some neat things. And 
at the end of my sozos, um, outside of my conversion, I got saved when I was three. So uh, outside of my conversion, it was which big. we are going to have to hear <laughs> yep. about here in a yeah. second. Like I that, mean, we are so hopping to that coming up. Saved at three. Awesome. <laughs> Brought my face off. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I had this encounter with the Lord where um, I just saw a picture of me with Father God, and I was sitting on His lap, and I was kind of in a uh, religious culture there for a while, and um, I had a lot of religion on me. So I was kind of working for love rather than from love. Oh, well, that's and so I sat on the father's lap in this picture, and um, he just he 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 looked at me and said, "You don't have to do a thing, and you're worth worth it." And that right there, um, I mean, it wrecked me for the next three months. I would lay in bed, and Jen can attest to this. I would just be experiencing the glory of the Lord, I'd electricity shooting through my body every time I'd go to sleep, and. It was just this kind of detoxing of years of, again, I was, the culture was honestly awesome that I was raised in, but there was like any culture, some messes and religion. And, and so all that just really got stripped off me in that, that one sozo, but it took another three months of just the Lord coming to me in the, um, the night season when I would just go to sleep and he would just minister his love and his grace to me. And he wow. would show me simple things that maybe were wounds or past hurts that I didn't even know I was holding on to. And I would just get to release people and then I even actually got to ultimately, it took me down a path of being able to um, ask forgiveness for certain things that I had done with people. So it's just a real beautiful um, technique where two people in a room with the, people who's re- the person who's receiving the sozo, and they just get to really encounter the Lord. And I've seen people just walk out of those um, experiences so free, and I'm, I'm one of them. So I'm oh. the biggest fan of them. I don't do them personally. We have an amazing team here at Bethel Atlanta that... Um, we have about 20 to 30 people who kind of lead Sozos. And yeah, so I'm, I oversee that team without doing them. We have an amazing team. And so yeah, Sozo is just a beautiful technique. If you are curious about it, you can um, just look on our website, BethelAtlanta.com, and there are some descriptions of Sozo, and we'll ultimately have some links to videos for that too. So helpful. So I mean, yeah. this would be like people can just get online and make appointments. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good yes. to know. Yes, you can do it yeah. today. Part yeah. of the reason you probably should. I know. Yeah. It's as simple as it's a good thing. Yes. Yeah, I, I tell people, even myself, since then, I've I've had multiple sozos where I still go in and, and receive just some ministry. It's just a great. I kind of clean. I kind of call it uh, cleaning out the pipes before the Lord. It's just kind of just a tune up, if you will. You take your car yeah. and you get a tune up, and it's one of those type of experiences where somebody's really facilitating. Um, you as you just encounter the Father, the love of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, yes. which is so beautiful. Goodness. I love your comment about, tell me one more time, what did the Lord say to you specifically when you're sitting on His lap? You don't have to do a thing and you're worth it. Okay. One of the reasons that we do BA chats is because we know that testimony means do it again, yeah. Lord. And so we've, we make a point to say every single week, anything that you hear here is an open invitation, like yeah. it's a do it again, yeah. Lord. Yeah. Um, so we want to make sure that in this interview that you guys have total freedom to pray for any words yeah. that you're getting because you, you're talking to people you don't know, but Jesus knows them. Yeah, yeah that's so, so good. You guys yeah. take your freedom. If you're hearing anything, you're just you're more than welcome to. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we know you will. Yeah, I could say if you if you're listening to this right now and you just kind of you felt maybe that some pain in your heart and you realize you know a lot of us grew up with in religion and experience rather than simple relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. and so. Um, you know, God doesn't like religion. And so, you know, if you're actually hearing this right now and you feel that experience in your heart, I believe that the Lord just wants to speak those exact words to you, that he's the one that paid it all on the cross and his death, burial and resurrection. And, you know, as you choose him and believe in him as your Lord and savior, everything can be different. And I worked kind of in the religious system for a long time and I just kind of got caught up and stuck in it. And so if you're experiencing that right now, the Lord wants to just release freedom and That's grace good. to you. And yeah. that kind of phrase that I said earlier, you don't have to work for love. You yeah. can work from your Father's love. Which yeah. would be kind of unpacking religion. Again, it sounds like such a, I mean, I've, I've had people ask me, what do you mean you're not religious? Yeah. And really, the, the uh, you're saying it perfectly. Another way to say it is that the burden's not on you to even behave. Like the burden's not on you to actually do anything. Wow. But that Jesus is the one that has done anything and we snuggle up to Jesus. Yeah, so it's beautiful. And that would be the difference so between, good. you know. So beautiful. So 
Yay! Let's all go get Zozo's. <laughs> Sign me up. I'm ready. Okay. So, so well, I think this will be a fun place to start. You know, you mentioned about you getting born again when you were three. So, um, I want. I'd love to hear, Jen. I would love to hear, kind of, just a real quick walk through your born again experience, and then I definitely want to hear from Justin as well. So, tell us a little bit about you just coming to the Lord. <laughs> Rachel's so excited. Yeah, you know, I. <laughs> I just do not remember a time in my life that I was not fascinated with Jesus. Oh, that's so cool. Just the story <laughs> of Jesus. I mean, I was just that girl. And from the time I can remember, I, I wore around this bright pink sweatshirt that said property of Jesus. <laughs> we need to bring that back well, retro. Let's bring it back. A friend of ours, don't you have this sweatshirt yeah, now? She bought me one. No, I, or had I, it made because I don't think those exist yeah. anymore. Let's bring it back. I mean, Jen come wears on. it, man, and she rocks it. Are you walking with that day and it's like, whoa, is that like the t-shirt you wore when you were a kid? <laughs> Like, this is it, in adult form. <laughs> so, you know, I just officially got saved when I was nine at a church camp, huge church camp fan. And, and, and um, sister, church camp's where it's at. You know, just just really fell in love with the gospel. And I, I you know, wouldn't find out until my teenage years really that I could talk to him on days other than Sunday, <laughs> which was a wonderful revelation. What a, what you know, a refreshing I, revelation. I, um, but I just, I had wonderful <laughs> Baptist roots where I, I just um, remember just really that natural desire to just live for Jesus mm. just really just welled up in my heart. And I remember learning shortly after I had um, given my life to him that in the end there would be a trumpet and a massive earthquake and then he would come back in the clouds. And, and everybody's fo- clothes be folded neatly totally, on the table. Totally. And I, I had like... <laughs> I mean, my name was like just written in that really famous book, you mm. know, <laughs> I was nine and California had a massive earthquake, mm. like the biggest I had ever been in. Oh, and I was alone with my older brother. It was a 7.2 oh, earthquake. Wow. And I was standing oh, in geez. the hallway. I thought for sure, like. This is it. Like this this is the trumpet, Jesus, Jesus clouds, heavenly host. And I was staring out the kitchen window. And I just started screaming the name of Jesus over and over because I had this panic, like it was so soon, you know, what what if I didn't actually make it in? Did you have the thought? The all because my roots are in the Baptist church too, and I had one dominant thought. Yeah. Did you have the thought about the rapture? Uh, the, what was your prayer about just this one thing before you come, sir? Just let me do this one thing. Oh, I, I just wanted to make it. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> Did you have your property of Jesus? Shirt on? At that point, the earthquake was so massive, dishes were crashing. I mean, there was nothing left in the cupboard. I no. thought for sure. This was the moment that you've been taught about. So for literally two weeks, I carried around a suitcase with my Bible. Are you serious? <laughs> Jen, you know, that is awesome. It's my favorite blanket. I thought it was your favorite. <laughs> wearing your property of Jesus shirt. That's all this I needed. My Bible and my favorite blanket. And I thought for sure it was going to be any minute. Jen, you carry the delight of the Lord now. And we met you when you were in your 30s, but this has been happening since you were little. Don't you know he was totally delighting in that? I could get, you just see him giggling. He's yeah. like, oh. Aw. Jen. My daughter. She's my daughter. little blanket. I was ready. I kept, I kept that thing packed. Packed. They used to say from the pulpit, is everybody ready to see Jesus? You packed. Your bags are packed. You know, like just the, the posture of, are you ready? And in my little mind, I thought like there was like a legitimate bag. Literal right? bag. <laughs> you know, that, like, that is so I wasn't awesome. sure what to put in there. <laughs> you know? So you just mentioned, you guys are actually from California. You said that too. Yes. 
and you started out. Tell us a little bit about where you started out. This was in the Baptist church, and you started out, though, in a church that Bill Johnson actually visited. Yeah, so I was raised in Assemblies of God Church. Assemblies of God, okay. A beautiful church. It really was a beautiful church. And um, (laughs) uh, the Johnson family lived about two hours away. We were in a place called Humboldt County, and they lived in Weaverville. And so I remember, you know, being nine, and Bill would come every single month to um, teach on worship and he'd have his beautiful mustache and mullet and it was just glorious season you know the the 80s because was he originally assemblies of god i'm remember i'm pulling this up yeah so our whole yeah a lot of our roots are based in that which is so beautiful which is so good yeah so awesome yeah so in california but not jen of the baptist church really quickly we're here just a smidge about how you guys met because two very different no not very different, but different streams, sure. but they're not very different. Jesus is being like proclaimed That's from right. the pulpit in both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Obviously, you had your bags packed, girl. He was being proclaimed. I was ready. I was ready. Man. Uh, so I for sure knew him before he knew me. I'm <laughs> um, oh, so excited to hear this story yeah, again. It's my favorite story. I just so one day, you know, walking on my high school campus and I see like the epitome of gorgeous and uh, blonde hair, tan skin. And I am like, who is this? Who is this new guy? I asked my friend and, and, and she's like, that's Justin Stockman. I'm like, Justin Stockman. And she said, he is a Christian and he has never kissed a girl. And I, I I did not know these guys existed. No, that was gorgeous. Loved God and had never kissed a girl. And in like 35 seconds, I decided I would marry him and I would have his babies. And I did turn creepy in that moment. So, hey, girl, it worked. Who you sit next to? Yeah. you have, huh? Go on and declare it, girl. Declare a thing. I'm not saying follow me. I'm just telling the story. Do as I say, not as I do. Oh, I mean, I had just been secretly looking for a way to actually have the meat cute, you know? <laughs> so it was probably weeks later. It's a Friday night, and we're at a boys' basketball game, and I'm just sitting with my friend, and up walks Justin Stockman, <laughs> who does not know who I am, and I have planned an entire future with him. And he's <laughs> right across from me there's just a tiny space in between and I start sweating and am trying to come up with a way to casually introduce myself Mm. to him so I lean over and say excuse me do you have a piece of gum? <laughs> Ooh, that's good, Jen. Good, that's good job. Good pickup line. Pickup lines. Here they go. Where are girls? Christian women pickup lines. Do you have any bubble gum? Oh, I could come up with. There are girls out there right now going, oh, taking notes in their phone. Do you have gum? <laughs> and then I said, great, I'm Jen. And to this day, he loves that. I All right, my piece. favorite part of the story, <laughs> ah, yes, tell, is after we tell. were, you know, after we were dating for some time, she ends up telling me that she had gum in her pocket the whole entire time. <laughs> so that moment was just, uh, you know, she knew she had yes, gum, yes. but she just wanted to know if you she had gum. gum. Yeah, she wanted my gum. That's right. Uh, yeah. And when he proposed to <laughs> oh, me. Yeah. Before before he proposed to me, he handed me a piece of tropical fruit gum. Oh, come on. That really? he had given me on that day. The best. Wow. And that's where it all began. Oh, you guys. And so how old were you at this point? 15. <laughs> I was 16. She was 15. I could not operate a vehicle. <laughs> you weren't even licensed. <laughs> My parents dropped me off at that basketball game. <laughs> Where you were chewing your husband's gum. Yeah. <laughs> and planning out my entire future. Yeah. Make good choices, honey. And Jen's like, oh, I'll make some choices. <laughs> I checked all the boxes. <laughs> so when did you know Justin was at that game? Was it the exchange of the gum? No, I mean, I walked away and I talked to my best friend and I just, you know, I was a 16-year-old 
man and I, or boy, I should sure, say. Sure. And I just said, that is the hottest woman I've ever seen. <laughs> and I think I talked about some other things that probably aren't appropriate for BA chats. But <laughs> even though I love Jesus, I did. I was passionate about Jesus, but man, Jenna's she gorgeous, was very gorgeous. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, I mean... We, we then, we didn't start dating, there's a long story in between there, but we didn't start dating for, I think, seven, eight months, maybe even longer. So, it was almost a year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait. And by the time he got, you know, off the ground and running <laughs> in my direction, I, I was dating Jesus. I was one of those girls. And so... That was fast, it, That was fast. And, it, you know, the, the story had some... Twists and turns. Yeah. <laughs> so the moment I did know, I think I was probably 17 and a half, somewhere in there. And I walk from a friend's house and I find a payphone. Those of you who are under 30 probably don't know what those pay are. You gotta give there, was, there was payphone. Just an unpacked payphone. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that Superman changes in. There it is, right there. You've seen it in the movies. <laughs> anyway, and on a payphone, I actually told her, I mean, I think, you know, at that point I was like, I hadn't dated a girl and I knew I only wanted to date one girl and marry her, but the problem is I was 17 and a half. And so I told her in that thing, I actually love you. I believe that I'm actually going to marry you. Yeah, I broke all the rules that I shouldn't have broke. And then her response to me was, I'm dating Jesus. So (laughs) you want all the things probably not to do. But in your frame of mind, that was was that a good thing? Yeah, no, I mean, I had been, you know, (laughs) I had never dated a girl and I really desired to, you know, just kind of have, you know, one, you know, I saw all my friends making really poor choices with girls and saw them break up the heartbreak, that back and forth thing. and. You know, I thought I was a mature, and I was a mature 17 and a half year old at the same time. You sound I was like 17 a mature, and a half. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds yeah. like, but yeah, I know. We understand. That's, yeah. perf- that's well said. I was a mature 17 and a half year old. <laughs> but still 17 and a half. So, um, yeah. So and so fun. that was 15 years ago. You guys have been married for 15 years. How have we skipped over? We need to hear about your children. Not everyone goes to Bethel. Tell us a yes. bridge about the four darlings. So wonderful. I was just laughing because Arabelle, she <laughs> is our almost eight-year-old, and she she was trying to wrap her head around the other day that I had a phone that plugged into the wall, and you had to talk on it at the wall. At the wall. And she was like, you mean like how we charge ours? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but it just stayed there all the time. She just had no grid for it. And in that moment, I felt old. <laughs> I felt like, this is... This is a first for me. I, I feel old it was your right first now. Moment of yeah. old. <laughs> so Arabelle is our eight-year-old, and Ava is our almost ten-year-old. Oh my god! Kylie is eleven, and our youngest, Liberty, is four. Oh, guys, four sweet, beautiful girls. Yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah, yeah. so we they're have four so four daughters, and it's the greatest privilege as a their daddy to raise just beautiful princesses that just love Jesus. I mean, they are just passionate. They are amazing. They, are they amazing really girls. are. I, I feel so convicted them. by them often. Uh, yeah, they. I can understand. They are amazing kids. Oh, you guys, you've done so well. Mm. You've done so well, and they're just little bitty people. Uh, they're, they're so cute. We we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but they they um, with Rachel doing um, the children's ministry at Bethel. Um, she created this little group called Helping Hands, and yeah. all of the Stockman girls are in it. Well, wait, not not two Liberty. Of the four. Yeah. Two of the four. And, yeah. and uh, well, I think I think Arabelle thinks she's still probably she a leader. She helps. She's like she comes in. I'm going to help this service. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds like Arabelle. <laughs> but they that they are just a joy to be around. So they're super super precious. So you guys in California, I want to hear a little bit or share a little bit how you got here to Georgia because to our Georgia people, you guys are precious. You are such yeah. a blessing. You just have got such favor with our with our group of folks because you just love them beautifully. It's super uh, inspiring. Chance yeah. to tell you that. We really appreciate the way that you guys yeah. love on all of us. Uh, but tell us, how in the world did God literally move you to the other side of the country? You can't get much further east. Well, you can. But, I mean, this is pretty far, far <laughs> east. Pretty east. Right. Yeah. Humboldt County is literally on the ocean yeah. of yeah. the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. 
So yeah. tell us a little bit of that story. Yeah. I would first start out by saying, be careful what you pray for or just talk about <laughs> randomly. Okay. All right. More than, so Jen and I remember about, I don't know how many years ago it was, we were um, in a place that we really loved and we just randomly said, hey, it'd be fun to live on the East Coast. And I actually don't believe we've said that ever in our marriage. Why did you say that? Was this in conversation? It was just in random conversation. It may have been the fall colors. (laughs) (laughs) I saw in pictures. (laughs) And I thought it it looked so dreamy (laughs) to be tucked away in one of those brick houses with those autumn gorgeous leaves. Yellow, orange, You're not teasing like this is a real inspiration. This was was for real. That might have been the context of the dream. (laughs) Because what needs to be said about Jen Stockman is fall and Christmas. Wow. It's your favorite. I've always been a fan. And then Jen came along, and I'm like, no, really, Jen gets the title. Yeah, she gets the title. I I would love to share it with you. Let's share it. No, no, I can be on the team, and you can be the captain. So (laughs) So funny. So So it really might have been. I mean, that was it. It was just beautiful. It was just like a... A romanticized, throw it out there, anything is possible with our life, you know? And that was years before this opportunity ever came on the table. And when this opportunity came on the table, it took us a minute to go back to that minute and remember, you know, we had just thrown it out on the table in a moment of just romantic dreaming. So it's just been a fun experience seeing, you know, the things the Lord catches, yeah. even in just those moments of whimsical, whimsical dreaming. Okay. I didn't know that, that this was, this is the result of a whimsical dream. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. So cool. And that he really put that away in his pocket. Yeah. 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 So, so how, so how did that take place, Justin? How did that happen? You guys, after after you're saying, "Hey, a dream," uh, oh yeah, a whimsical I mean, moment. It, that e- was that East was a, Coast. That was a small moment that I honestly never thought again for years, ever. Yeah, even it, even when this first opportunity came up, we didn't remember that moment, and we just asked. Uh, you know, it was just really the Lord. As soon as we were planted where we were in Humboldt County at that time, because you guys just, were in ministry. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, Yep, and and we really thought we were going to die there. I mean, I I was I mean, giving, I mean, in, a, in a good way, like, in a good way. Like, we love we were, it. <laughs> no, 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 we love it, love it, love it. That's yeah. where we were born and raised. So uh, all my family is there, and all my um, just. Uh, you know, just the love of the land yeah. was wholehearted. So we thought we would give ourselves to revival in oh, that yeah. land. And yeah. I thought my bones would be buried next to my great, great grandparents. Jen, I got to walk through that with you here in Georgia when you realized your bones would not be made. <laughs> yes. It was beautiful. I had no I mean, idea. I mean, I giggled a little bit when yeah. you started talking about it. But then I was like, wow, this is awesome. I remember... When yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I had never thought about where I would be buried before. And I guess when you grow up in the same place your whole life and you go to the same cemeteries your whole life and experience people being put in the ground, I had never thought until my adult life, I don't know where I'll be buried. I don't know where my bones will be. And, mm. you know, there's like a theme of bones in scripture that's significant to the Lord that I had never really paid attention to until moving to a foreign land. And I remember one night it just really causing me some anxiety. Like I had to surrender my bones for the first time. (laughs) To another Like the Lord was asking me for my bones. Remember this. Yeah. And you know, I, it was, you know, what I so have appreciated in this cross-country transition is just the things I've had the honor to surrender that I never would have been able to surrender in the context of comfort, in the context of the known. Can speak to us about this because this is one of your many strengths is just surrendering and, and opportunities to grow and all of your language <laughs> catches me all yeah. the time because you talk and I'm like, oh, I thought that was a hardship, but when Jen starts talking about it, it's an opportunity. (laughs) So I love this about you. You surrender. Speak into surrender just for a little bit. You've got such good perspective. And I think that's where 
when we walk in our history with the Lord and we see the opportunities to surrender and the fruit that surrender bears in our life, it, it becomes such a joy because we know what's coming. We know I'm about to be exposed to his a piece of his nature that I've never had the opportunity mm, really to be exposed to. And I had never had the opportunity to even care about my bones because I had the comfort of knowing you know, this is, this is where for generations bones have been buried, you know? And, um, I just remember one night in worship after I had just surrendered, I'm not in control of where I die. If, if I die in Georgia, I'll die in Georgia. If, if you move me in five years and I die in that land, I'll die in that land. Mm. But that, my resting place, even when it comes down to my bones, is going to be in your presence. Oh, and really I, I remember in worship one night after giving him my bones and giving him <laughs> the land I'll be laid in, you know, and um, he just I felt his whisper like I care about your bones and that's why I wanted them. I want to be in charge of where your bones go in the ground. And I, you know, I, I had never seen the heart of a father who cared about where I would be buried. And he was just letting me know he cares more than I even had a thought to think about where they would go. Wow. It's beautiful. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Well, so you visited here first, though. Like, as I speak into this, because I love it that this started with a whimsical dream, because all of us whimsy dream. Everybody whimsy dreams, but your whimsy dream happened. Yeah, I think, you know, for, for us, it was really just listening to the Lord. And, um, you know, a lot, probably the biggest stuff is, you know, we... We went to school ministry in 2002. Jen went her first year um, in Reading. In Reading. It was in 2001. And my, my first year was in 2002. And we were married in 2002. So we were there together. And so, um, you know, I had been a pastor before then. I had been a youth pastor. And so I'd already been in ministry for a couple of years by that point. Yeah. And um, in Reading, we just kind of realized um, that we were going to kind of die for the message that we heard, if you will, in this culture of Bethel. Yeah. And what, you know, Bill and Chris and Danny and the team carry there, that I'd had a lot of, uh, you know, people that I felt were speaking to my life, you know, whether they're famous preachers around the world or whoever whoever it may be. And I, I felt so a lot of people were influencing me, but I finally, I, fi- I finally felt like I found my tribe and my people. That's awesome. And that... Um, that I'd get to give my life as a son to this culture. Yeah. And to, and again, this culture is promoting the greatest culture, which is heaven on heaven earth. earth. Come on. I mean, which is nothing more beautiful than, you know, we were teasing about rapture earlier, but the Lord actually wants to establish heaven on earth. Yeah. Right. He wants to establish yeah. a kingdom culture now in now. this season that we can experience. Um, and so did, when I began to experience that, let me stop you. I don't want to take, there's so many people listening that do not, that are not in that culture. Talk to just a little bit about that because that is like the best news in the world yeah. to yeah. know that we have a God that just doesn't want to suck us up yeah. and, and, and save us from all the trouble, but that he trusts us enough and has empowered us enough to actually stay in a place and make it beautiful. Yeah. 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 So talk to you just a smidge about that because that's that's pretty unique. Yeah, I think I one of my favorite things was to watch it, you know, in scripture, watching um, the children of Israel with Moses, and they just kind of became um, they wanted that mediator before God, and God was actually wanting to entrust them something special, which was the promised land, and so they went around the wilderness for forty years, and in the wilderness experience, it was so. You know, honestly, the wilderness experience was very supernatural. They had a free fire at night. <laughs> they had shade in the day with the cloud. They had free food. food. Yeah. They complained. They got more, better food. Yeah. They, they, their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. 40 they years. Had, for 40 years. They had yeah. all that they needed. But once they um, crossed the River Jordan and went to the Promised Land, um, yes, supernatural was still available and still happening, but it was actually the Father, you know, and ultimately through the son, His Son, Jesus, and we see that later. But uh, saying, 
come into this. I actually want you to have ownership for mm. this. And that ownership just simply looks like us being in Christ and that whole adoption message of us. We're in Him. Yeah. And so we now get to change the culture around us, which, you know, Scripture just says the culture of the world. And we get to actually bring the culture of heaven, which is really good, kind good father. And so having that ownership and realizing in that season of Reading, um, just that ownership that we have um, to partner with this really good God. He's so yeah. much better than we think he is. So and he much. wants us to release that to, you know, not just in our own families and our own, you know, church, but to our community. And so I'm just really excited about being a part of a community that, that, um, longs to see a city experience the kingdom of heaven. Well, you know, on that note, this be skipping, but what what is Bethel to Tyrone, to Atlanta, to Georgia, to the United States? Like this, this group of people here, what is it that you guys, like what's burning in your heart for this very local, expanded a little bit, here we go. Like what are, what's happening here? Or what is it, what is the Lord showing you? What's burning in you for this group of folks? Yeah. That's such a great question. Yeah. You know, I think that the more I get to know him, the more my heart just comes alive just to ache for the whole world to be able to experience the reality of what Jesus has made available in his presence. And so I I think about the people that are on his heart in in the highways and the byways, you know, just the ones who are hungry. And sometimes they're wearing suits. Sometimes they're in the lowest places in our city. But they're just really aching for the real thing. And, you know, mm. when we first moved here, I... I just started falling in love with the South. And I, I remember I was with Arabelle, and um, she really wanted to pray for this older woman who was in the Walmart parking lot. So we walked up to the woman, and I just said, hey, my daughter pointed you out. And she was just really wondering if she could pray for you and just, just bless you. And, you know, we, we actually got rejected three times that day by okay. that day in Walmart. <laughs> no way. <laughs> little, with a little tiny girl in tow. And, cute, tiny little girl. I know. <laughs> and uh, it was just a very uh, walled up, you know, I, I pray at my church type of answer. Mm-hmm. And I felt this thing well up in my heart the third time that was mm. turning cynical. You know, and I, I, I was on the verge of crossing into some judgment. You know, and uh, and I felt this uh, quickening of the Holy Spirit, of His love for His Southern Bride, and I felt, um, don't go there. You know, because I, oh, wow. I am looking for a generation who will believe in my religious bride. And I am looking for a community of believers that can believe that Paul's can rise up in this hour of mm. history who were drenched in religion, mm. killing Christians, you know, and that those will be actually the ones who can set a nation free and actually lead a generation to the authentic, real Jesus. Yeah. And everywhere I look, when I see a spirit of religion, I feel the hope of Jesus. That this is this is the literal heart of Jesus. That you know, blood was shed. That he paid the most extravagant price. That we could see his bride the way that he yeah. sees her, even in her darkest moments. Mm. You know, and so I I'm just I am just looking at a southern culture that is bursting at the seams with revival that's bursting that is one encounter away from Paul's rising up in their hour of history and showing off a magnificent Jesus you know and um I just I I I really wake up in the morning 
not really with, I'm, I'm not really a strategy thinker. I don't, I'm, I don't really like think that way. I, I really just wake up in the morning thinking, how, how can I follow you? Mm. How can I follow you into the dark? How can I follow you into the light? And just modeling for a city that there is a Jesus who is available, that there is a Jesus who is real and authentic, and that it's our hour to arise and shine in the reality of everything the gospel has made available today. And so I, I think I think my heart is full of hope for the South. And I think I think this whole southern region of people who believe in Jesus, that we are on the brink of wild, wild revival, signs, wonders, miracles, where just beautiful Jesus-loving people being so set free, more set free than we ever even knew would be possible. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. So good. Justin? (laughs) (laughs) we'd love to hear the burning of your heart like how are you feeling i I think mine has some history just involving it because when i was in reading i remember seeing i was in a i was in a grocery store line and there was i believe there was a gentleman in front of me he paid for the person in front of him their groceries Mm. said hey i want to pay for groceries and the the person responded oh why do you want to do that and his response, I will never forget, he said, um, because uh, a month or so ago, somebody paid for my groceries, and I just want to pay it forward. And I heard them keep on dialoguing, and in that moment, I'm like, oh, I actually don't think that this is a, someone who's met Jesus yet as a personal relationship with Jesus, and I was just you know, seeing through my filter. But that was actually exciting to me, because I knew in our culture that... Um, this kind of stuff was happening all the mm-hmm. time. Just generosity was all the time. Yeah. And I think we know there's a sign of the kingdom of heaven invading earth when everybody starts to do it. It's helpful. When everybody, whether it's generosity or just kindness or those kind of things that are fruit of him, and of course we want to introduce them to this kind God, who the mm-hmm. one that they're modeling, right. but that's yeah. the heavens that... So in that moment, it made me so excited to just, um, you know, even now being in the South, I at first had a little bit of hard time with the Southern culture. It's a different culture. I mean, there'd be a smidge yeah. of transition, sure. Yeah, I, you know, I was the whole bless your heart thing, I'm going to be really kind to you in front of your face, but then kind of the gossip, like things that I would start to see, that stuff would trigger my insides. And then I finally realized one of the fruit of the Spirit, one of the gifts of um, the South is kindness, and that That's kind of good, made me, I saw a new perspective is kind of what Jen was seeing. When yeah. you actually see what God is doing, not what he's not doing. Mm. Come on. That's and so helpful. that really released word. me just in a way of, okay, and I also have a strength to bring to here. Yeah. That's which is beautiful. real vulnerability, vulnerability, honesty, healthy feedback, how we're going to grow one to another, um, you know. So, yeah, that's, I really want to see a culture where people are rooted in a family, and in that mm, family is, is not just their personal family only, but also in the family of God. And I think so many people have been hurt by that, especially in the area of leadership. And where, you know, our greatest job as leaders get to be as fathers and mothers and really releasing this fivefold, the, the apostolic, the prophetic, the teaching gift. We get to release people into seeing... Um, more heights and depths of who they are. Yeah. And, I, and so that, that kind of, you know, Chris Valentin has a saying that he's been saying all the time, um, um, find your um, family, find your destiny, mm. which is a lot different <laughs> than, again, I, we was kind of like, you know, it, the way I was raised, I was kind of like, it's, it's who you can be. Let's just try to be something great. And I'm like, no, no, no. The greatest thing we can do is actually find our family. Find Ooh. people to live and, and die with, to say that that's why be, coming here was a little bit of things. We thought we were staying where we were. We had planted wow, our guys. hearts. We'll be here forever. Let's live and die seeing revival on the coast of Humboldt County in California. Yeah. Wow. You know, and it was a shocking move when, when God said, oh, no, I have something new for you. We were like, oh. Um, so in that, you know, now it's we're here and we're like, we've given our lives to see, you know, Atlanta experience the kingdom of heaven, experience God's goodness, his kindness, 
experience his yeah. um, just his extravagance. And he's an extravagant God that didn't only rescue us from hell, thank you that he did, <laughs> but he also gave us a name, which is his name, Little Christ, oh. Christians, sons and yeah. daughters of the King, that actually yeah. now we, that's the whole um, walking into the um, promised land experience, is now our mandate is raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils. It's, mm-hmm. it's watch people, uh, a whole community grow from yeah. glory to glory. Mm-hmm. Come and on. Gosh, it's it one of my so favorite great. things that Jen said to me is, um, she had done some years of just inner healing. And, um, you know, I don't know if you want to just speak to that for a second. Some sozo experiences. Some sozo. <laughs> I, I, I was just living in a sozo. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bad place to be. <laughs> and, you know, just really pursuing uh, just some intense counseling. And I'd been just running hard after just internal health for a year. Mm. And at the end of the year, I felt the Lord just, you know, blow by me. <laughs> kind of in that, <laughs> how's this working out for you? <laughs> I, are you um, pursuing health? Are you pursuing me? Mm. And, you know, just not realizing I was healthy and that as soon as we invite the Holy Spirit into our heart, as soon as we receive Jesus, we are actually receiving a starting place of health. So we're not unhealthy people on a path to to finding wholeness. We are healthy people because of the blood of Jesus alone. We were too far twisted on our insides for help to ever fix us. There right. wasn't wow. enough counseling sessions. There right. wasn't enough inner healing tools. We, we actually needed the blood of Jesus. Yeah. And when we receive what he did in fullness, our starting place is health. Mm-hmm. And we are healthy people growing into health. So we're constantly growing because that's what healthy people do. And this was from born again. That's what you're saying. I mean, we get born again. Yeah. We've got Jesus on the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, literally. Yeah. Healthy. And then keep, keep saying that. Yeah. Well, and, and, you this know, the born again babies, babies that are born healthy take a lifetime to grow. And healthy oh. trees grow. Everything that is alive and full of life grows. And we're not trying to work ourselves out of a hole. We, we have a starting place of health. And so every process that we're in of development, every process that we're in of growing out of bad habits is, is not to get more free. Mm-hmm. We have been set eternally free. It's because we're growing into our health. That's we're awesome. growing awesome. into the fullness of our identity. Jen, this is grace talk. And I that's, mean, come on. That is good news. <laughs> this is the gospel. This is the good news of the gospel. That actually is the gospel. Yeah. We have lots of conversation, not not condemning conversation, but not everything we talk about is the gospel. What you just said is actually the gospel. Yeah. yeah. That we're starting from the finish line. We're, we're in a hole no longer. It's wow. a no longer confusing mess. There is pain because we have growing pains. There is process because we are in a relationship. But it's, it's not because we're on a journey of being broken people trying to get well. We, we have the purest, most righteous wow. blood of the Lamb, of the living God, flowing through our soul. And that's, that's our starting point. Jen. That is super helpful. Good grief. It, it, almost, uh, it almost seems like maybe you could probably, I don't know, write a book. <laughs> I love have that idea. Have you, have you I love it. Have you considered that? Maybe <laughs> getting that down in like a manuscript form? Can we talk about a book you've written, Jen? I can, we, can we talk about that? that? <laughs> <laughs> this is big news. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you have something to say? There, yeah, I want oh. <laughs> jump on. I'm super excited on. about talking about what we're about to talk about. But the reason I actually said that and had Jen talk about that is because that is what I want to see in a city oh, where when Justin. people now come and receive ministry, like a sozo, like what I do, count, you know, counseling people, bringing the spirit of wisdom, it's not because they're messed up. 
It's because they're growing from glory to glory, faith to faith, strength to strength. And so that's why the help we do need, that's the beauty of, you know, if you want to break addiction, get in relationship. Yeah. That's the greatest thing, which is this family concept. So that's the beauty of family. We're not islands. The gospel doesn't make us islands unto ourselves. The gospel actually locks us into um, this beautiful pride, which is a family. And so that point of growing from glory to glory, that's why we we need each other. We need feedback. We need, but Mm -hmm. it was a miss because it wasn't a starting point. We were... It was like me with my religious experience, just trying to get better right. rather than, no, I am better because of Jesus. And that oh, comes man. to inner healing, health. You come at a whole new perspective when you're realizing, oh, no, Jesus did this. Now I'm just partnering with him and partnering with others to grow. This is a dramatically, drastically different perspective. Yeah. You guys are doing the best job verbalizing it. and But honestly, it really takes the Holy Spirit to even get a, a glimpse or a grasp yeah. of this. Yeah. And so... Father, we, we release <laughs> everything yeah, that you yeah. for, in our hearers and honestly in us because this yeah. I, this literally is everything. Yeah. yeah. And uh, again, yeah. thank you guys for you carry this so beautifully. Yeah. It's so helpful. Yeah. You you remember that story when the disciples were walking with Jesus after he had raised from the dead and they couldn't recognize him, mm-hmm. which is a hoot in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> but but he was talking. Yeah. And their hearts were burning. Yeah. And yeah. then they realized, yeah. hey. Yeah, you make our heart burns like Jesus. <laughs> you, so you guys carry that so beautifully. I mean, this this is clear gospel, but extremely different from like I shouldn't give a percentage, but I'm talking like eighty percent of the Christian conversation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you yeah. Know, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us about your book, girl. If you yes, yes, yes. this is so exciting. <laughs> well, this is what happened. I tried to write a book for like three years. <laughs> And I kept getting prophetic words about books, and I was trying so hard, you guys. <laughs> and I mean, I was trying to be disciplined, and it was just, it was real hard, real hard. And I just, I just remember, you know, telling the Lord, I, I, I just feel like I can't do this. And, you know, I, up until this point, I've just always felt so much compassion in that response of you're being too hard on yourself. And, and grace has sounded to me like, um, you know, don't, don't be so hard. You're awesome. (laughs) You know, and in this season, it was probably about April. Would you say grace came to me this last April? Yeah. Grace, grace came to me as, um, you can do more than you think you can do if you would abide in me. And I have not created you to create a life that you can sustain with your own strength. I've created you to, to create a life that needs a God like me. Yeah. And you know, it like opened my eyes. It was like I had fallen repeatedly over the same rock and I was laying in the dirt with feeling just the weight of the world on my chest. And because of the three years of just, just like just trying, trying to get this book to out. to get in a vein. And, you know, <laughs> I could not get in a vein. You know, like a glory vein where you're like, I was born for this, you know? And, you know, our Blake Healy, our beloved Blake Healy says, the best way he knows how to do spiritual warfare is to go after your dreams. And when we're not going after our dreams, it it causes all sorts of issues that are just are solved when we just start moving in the direction of our dreams. And Gosh, that's I, good. That's helpful. I could feel all of that tension in the wrestle, mm. you know? And so I'm just like laying there squinting with like one eye open. And I look up and there is Jesus just as happy as can be. And he is smiling and <laughs> And I'm like, why are you happy? You know? And he just leans down and whispers in my ear, I have overcome the world. 
you know, and mm. our our starting point with him when we're abiding in mm. him is yeah. rest. Yeah. And I just started asking for help. Like, I mean, what a concept. I, <laughs> I started asking for help. I, I like literally just started asking, help me get out of bed in the morning. I feel like I can't get out of bed in the morning without your help. Well, now, but you were getting up at like 4 a.m. to have writing time. Yes. And you're a mom of four. So just yes. I, mean, I don't want to justify it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> she's a superhero. It's pretty much I, what she's saying. Yeah, yeah, you are. All you moms out there. And so you guys, this this like grace came over me that I, I fell in love with the whole process. I mean, writing this book has probably been one of the most spiritual experiences of my life. Like I was flying out of bed in the morning because I just couldn't wait to get to my computer. And I just felt I felt myself having thoughts like, I just don't want this to ever end. Like it was no wow. longer about writing a book or finishing a book. It wow. really just became about, I was made for this. Just I staying in that flow. Uh, and just the intimacy. Yeah. I, there was days I would weep, I would shake. And just, mm. just the experience of just the presence of Jesus and what it looks like actually producing fruit from intimacy, from abiding Mm. in the vine was just one of the greatest joys to this point in my life. I kind of felt like I had a secret love affair for, for, I mean, I I would just be thinking about when can I get off to write? And you know, for three years, I got out 11,000 words. It took me three years to get out 11,000 words. And in three months, I wrote 37,000 words (laughs) because I asked the Lord for help. Well, boy, praying's not hard. Just help. Help me, Jesus. Help, help me, me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help. Help me, Jesus. I need some help. Great prayer. <laughs> Great prayer. But just to summarize, to make sure this is clear, you really tried and failed for three years. But at yeah. the failing, you see Jesus. This isn't like you're praying, Lord, help. And yeah. he's happy as a clam and says, I know you can't do it without me. Yeah. On purpose. On purpose. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is great. You're in a great place. Yeah. <laughs> now we can do it in my stream. Yeah. And in three months you finish this book. Yeah. Yeah. Jen. Is that wonderful? It's, it's so like wonderful. The fruit of abiding in him. And now I'm ruined for any other way. You know, you like are. I'm just so ruined. You'd like, be ruined for any other way. Yeah. <laughs> just ruined because, you know. It's, it's the intimacy that makes the process rich. Yeah, it's really good. Man. You know, and when we're striving and trying to do it out of discipline, the passion gets left in the dust. And it's just terrible. Hold on, I'm going to pass out. I think I just got slain in the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> That's She's so going down, folks. <laughs> Jesus will probably be smiling. <laughs> I love it. That's so helpful. It really is. Really quickly, tell us the name of your book and just what is it about? Yeah, it's called The War on Your Voice. And it's just really a lot of my story and just the ongoing revelation of just realizing, um, you know, the, the real war in just inhibiting the sound that is intended to come out of our life. And so... It's just um, a, just a ton of my history with the Lord and just a lot of, wow, look, look what you have done. So that's fun. Oh, my gosh. It's so fun. We can't wait. Now, yeah. you're having a first edit. Yes. And I know books are edited for 100, but will you keep us yeah. 100 times? But will you keep us up on like yes. the progress of your... You bet. Please. <laughs> Please. So, um, you guys, this has been so much fun. Oh, we um, loved it. Oh, I'm so glad that you... Um, just, I feel like it's just such a grace gift for you guys to, to come on the podcast and just speak. Um, one of the things that I really like to do here at the, just as we are wrapping up at the end, is that um, it, so many people um, will listen to this podcast. Um, and, and you could have through this time maybe gotten a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or prophetic word. Or maybe there's just something that's um, on your heart that you want to share to the listeners um, that's timely. And so I just want to just kind of set it up for maybe two to five minutes just to open up if you feel like the Lord is saying anything. 
uh, to, to anybody out there. Or if you just want to close in prayer, you or go if you for just, that. Or if you just want to say, <laughs> Jesus is good and pray, whatever. So That's awesome. No, that's beautiful. Um, I did feel like there's a, someone that is listening, and you actually have pain in your left shoulder. Um, test it out right now because I feel like it's going to be healed. Okay. Awesome. And then the beautiful thing about that moment is we would love to hear about that. So if you could email testimonies at BethelAtlanta.com. And we'd love just to hear about what the Lord did. Um, somebody else is having pain in their hips right now. That's good. And, um, and the Lord's touching that and he's healing that. So um, we want to hear about that. We yeah. don't just, I don't just do these things just to, yeah, for fun. We do it because the Lord's really doing something. So yeah. please, yeah. we like to hear testimony. Do it again, God. So, But it we is wanna, so much fun. Yeah, it is. These are words <laughs> of knowledge, folks <laughs> listening. are like, wait, what? Who's? Wait, my shoulder feels better. What's happening? <laughs> Yeah. Jesus knows you. We don't know you, but yeah. Jesus knows you. And that's he right. sure does talk through all of us. And so bless yeah. you guys. Bless your hips and your shoulders. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's so, so, Father, good. we just speak to those parts of the body. Yeah. And we just thank yeah. you for just releasing just your presence and just a miracle right now in yeah. those areas. And, um, yeah. and I saw also just speak to um, fear, especially yes. regarding cancer. And we just say no to that in the name of Jesus. Yes. And we just release your grace yeah. and yeah. your peace. Yeah, And um, we thank you that um, some of you will actually, uh, tonight when your head hits the pillow, you'll experience deep, deep sleep, that deep rim sleep that you haven't experienced for a really, really long time. And um, there's just going to grace of just his presence coming over um, you right now. And so... Um, thank you, Father. This is just really good. Yeah. You're really good. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just proud of all your sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. And I just thank you that we get to, to partner with you with the message of Thanks. your kingdom. Thank you. And we get to tell people about how good you are. Yeah. And so yeah. we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. And we love you, Stockman yeah. people. Yeah. Thanks yeah. so much. Uh, thanks it's for so having us, fun. you guys. What Aww. an honor. What a Aww. treat. It's been so amazing. Yeah. You guys are a treat. Thank you so much. BH hats in the Stockmans. There you go, baby. That's right. It's where it's at. <laughs> so tune in next time right here on BH hats.